To the Electric Blanket, that was the sounds of Robert Gall. Gall from uh, 1984 featuring Annie Lennox again from a uh, present that you got me, Steenie. How you doing? Hey, it's back. Good to be back. I'm really good, thanks. Is Robert Gall related to Asterix the Gall? It's good to be back. It is good to be back. Uh, we started off the show with uh, Kenny Rankin, Like a Seed, and then we went straight. <laughs> you could tell Steenie's back by choice number two. Yeah, well, it was Skid Row, the original Skid Row, not the um, hair metalers from the 90s or late 80s. Uh, Skid Row featuring Gary Moore and uh, Brush Shields, the, the Irish band, also fe- used to feature Phil Linnett. Brilliant, great, hard-rocking, blues-rock band. Oh. Typical Steen music, really, yeah. <laughs> you can tell it's me. 
<laughs> Don't sell yourself short. There's nothing better than that. Let's face it. So yeah, you know, Steenie's back. The blankets on track again. We had a. We went off the rail. We didn't go off the rails at all. Ant stepped in for a show that was fantastic. I Thanks. There some safe hands involved. Well, Ant's probably steered the ship a little bit better than I. And then I, yeah, I went alone last uh, last uh, episode, and that was a, a scary experience. But uh, yeah, you know, pretty much the sun is shining. We're recording on a beautiful sunny afternoon. I think we should just crack on, man. Yeah, I'm enjoying this uh, this summer summer vibes we've got here. And the next track, actually, um, from an album I picked up during my enforced absence, uh, is from uh, I think he's Swedish, Bo Hansen, 70s uh, prog guy. He's famous for doing the Lord of the Rings album, which I think he recorded on the only four track unit in all of Sweden, which was owned by the government, and they loaned him it. And then this album, the next album, is called Magician's Hat, which is a bit... <laughs> and the cover is equally brilliant as well. Um, but uh, th- this one, he, he managed to get hold of some more high-tech equipment, and some of his fans like, thought he'd sold out because he'd suddenly gone, like, mega-production instead of the... Yeah, instead That's of mental, the, the only four-track in Sweden. So he's, he's actually used a proper studio on this. And, uh, yeah, this is from the Magician's Hat album.
Motown, but uh, I tell you what, when they went through that psych period, oh my god, man, they just stepped up the game, didn't they? That's it. Yeah, that is the that is the beginning of that psych period, that weird sort of sound at the start, and then the it's it's an odd it's an odd tune. It sort of meanders, and it's not it's not the usual pop formula. It's poppy, but it's not. It's got this undercurrent of what's going on, isn't it? To it, as, as in what's going on socially, not. Yeah, what's it's going great. On. It's, the Supremes. It's, it's my favourite Supreme song, which is why I chose it. <laughs> Diana Ross and the Supremes and Reflections. That's from 1967. And the next part, well, we've started off with uh, Bo Hansen, uh, and yeah, the track is called. An excursion of complications. <laughs> an excursion of complicate again. Excur- I think it's excursions with complications. No, ne- it, no need for the a- German voice. Yeah, because he's Swedish. Be ex- <laughs> no, let's not go there. Let's not. Oh, we've, and we've- we followed that up with. Um, yeah, Coliseum, the Elegy. It's weird, actually. Steeny played... Skid Row. Uh, Gary Moore, and I played Coliseum. Now, Gary Moore was also in that band, but not on that record. Now, listen, man, we've got some sad news this week, haven't we? Or this yeah, well, in the last month, since the last show, at least, that the godfather, the king of rock and roll, Mr. Rock and Roll, to me, is as important as Elvis Presley. I mean, I love Elvis, but he didn't play the guitar, and he certainly didn't play like he was ringing a bell. Uh, Very and good. Chuck Berry, he's the reason that a lot of kids took up the thing, myself included. And what is it about him that you love? Uh, well, it's the it's the relentless energy. You listen to any of those tracks on those chess records, and it's like insanely skillful lyrical guitar playing, all downstrokes. There's all this real intensity to his playing. He's like hammering the guitar, but with with a subtlety as well he, he's a contradiction the guy I mean there's loads of things about him I could talk for months well, explain and months this about then. he's also the greatest rock lyricist by a long chalk brilliant the, the, lyricist the, the, the poet transition from blues to rock and roll yeah is, is that, hour, is that kind the, of the six hour lecture well no I, I mean it's, it's quite he fascinating is, he's the bridge I mean, he, he is, is the bridge the, he's the real bridge him and Little Richard 
Um, yeah, to a lesser extent, Little Richard still took a lot from the big band stuff. I would say Little Richard's influences also go back to the Louis Jordan thing, which I know that Chuck Berry was into as well. But Chuck Berry's definitely, as a guitarist, coming from that um, T-Bone Walker, um, Lonnie Jordan-influenced sort of guitar playing, very lyrical, um, scalar kind of riffing, which is different to um, a lot of the other rock and roll guitarists who sort of came... In and into it from a, a country or jazz way uh, of playing. He was the blues primarily, although his first hit, you know, Maybelline is a country song and it, it's, he had it all. He he could nail anything and to him it was never just notes. It, I mean, it was never just uh, blues or whatever. It was, it was notes. He was playing music. So even when he's rocking and rolling, there's odd little choices. There's major notes in a minor scale. There's, you can go technical with it and he just played guitar and it was and everyone, a lot of people say oh he played the same thing over and over and he rewrote his own songs which he did but which which artist hasn't rewritten their own songs yeah. certainly in the blues tradition that is not a crime it's the, so I, kind of, I can imagine that when that transition was happening it's that excitement it's when you peak because obviously blues traditional folk essentially morphing from from small villages it's you know it's poor people's music when you start in, injecting that excitement into music and you have small communities that you're playing to and you see what happens when you, you turn it up you play it faster you play it louder that's got to be amazing to, to actually experience yeah. that and pioneer that to do it you know like when Richard is hitting the keys faster and faster when Chuck is playing a louder faster riff it's playing music on instruments and through equipment that, that isn't designed to to carry that kind of music so a you know the the amplifiers and the microphones and the the all the recording equipment that they used was overloading and it has that brilliant rich warmth to it where everything's just driven well that's what we look for now isn't it I mean that no sound no one does it now well a few people do it now but you're it's, talking valves at the point of you know valves starting to saturate yeah. that warmth of the you know it's that people people chase that it's elusive well, and it's usually just the, those really rock records it's one mic one or two mics in a room and a band who are cooking and they, that's all you need well, speaking of which, listen, we've got to pay tribute and we've got to play uh, one of his greatest. Steenie, introduce it. So we're going with Bye Bye Johnny, which is the, uh, which strangely, one of our other favourites, Wilco, when he thought that he was at death's door, was uh, closing his show every night on his farewell tour with this. It turned out not to be his farewell tour, but uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, go, bid, we'll bid, Wilco's still going, he's out there, but we'll bid Chuck farewell with this one. So, uh, farewell Chuck, you are the absolute god of rock. <laughs> Play it by the railroad side. 
just how sad a man can be Oh girl, can't you see that it's me? Can't you see it's me now? That's the sound of um, grassroots and uh, feelings. And uh, yeah, you said it sounded... Shades of love, yeah. It sounded like Arthur Lee singing. And uh, and that overly loud, distorted guitar. Brilliant. Absolutely cracking... That's Pop what stuff. Yeah, Loved man. It. Love yeah. that. Like, Good. On, the, on the Dunhill record label, it's called. <laughs> the, the, the fag company, isn't it? Like, well, it's ABC. For our American friends, cigarettes. Uh, when we say when we talk about fags, we mean cigarettes in this country. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, uh, elements of uh, Under My Thumb as well. This is just great West Coast pop band. And before that, oh my God, mate. Well, I have to refer to the sleeve to pronounce this correctly because it is a weird name. <laughs> well, it's not, it's just French. Orchestre Polyrhythmo <laughs> de Cotonou. Uh, so it's Orchestre Polyrhythmo de Cotonou Gibeti Madro uh, from a brilliant, brilliant compilation called African Scream Contest uh, on the Analog Africa label. Uh, which th- these guys go out to Africa and trawl um, through crates and crates, go to people, meet contacts, go off to obscure um, towns where they've, there's one guy who's collected every record ever released in that country since he was a child and he's like an 80 year old man. And uh, it's it's a great because within it you get the notes and the history of how they found all the records as well. So it's it's, it's a geography lesson and it's That's a, a, dream a job, sociology lesson. Um, they're a German label, and I think there's another... I heard something about some of these sort of German labels that are, uh, are digging for African music, and, and one of them I heard was very suspect, which uh, had sort of suspect right-wing Don't links. Uh, Not my opinions, or the opinions of the electric blanket. Now, exactly. I think... Oh, before that, uh, R.I.P. Chuck. Uh, yeah. What a rock and roll song that is, isn't it? What a rocker. I think it's about that time. I've got an album to show you and it's one you probably already own if you've got any taste whatsoever I'm annoyed about you bringing this I couldn't be more annoyed about you bringing this well it's not the white album is it uh, but it's not it's getting close to being pretty obvious for music fans but not that obvious so now before you start last last episode we played his mum yes over to you we did play well you played his mum <laughs> And uh, in a, in a docudrama, he played his, he, James played this one in a docudrama. It's very convincing. <laughs> the, 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 
the last moments of Nicky. It was I thought it was a bit disrespectful your portrayal to be honest, but the, the wig and everything, the funny Ooh. voice, it really took all the pathos out of the situation. My friend, let's have it. What you bought? It is Nick Drake, um, and we could have chosen any of his three um, like studio albums he released during his lifetime, but we I've gone with Brighter Later because I think Five Leaves Left. He's learning his trade. Pink Moon is great but haunting and slightly too emotional to listen to if you know the story and uh, and Brighter Later I think he's he's really striving for something on that record on Brighter Later I think he, he felt like he was going to get somewhere and to be honest um, his sort of his own insecurities and kind of I don't know you can't really blame the guy um, but you know a run of uh, bad luck and sort of indifference from a, from an idiotic and deaf public meant that um, this album didn't really get the uh, the sales that it not needed and and it kind of just drifted off which is a shame but I mean everyone knows the Nick Drake story I think I'm sure you all do but I think you, if you don't have this album you really do need to own it and um, well this was this came out this was released exactly the same time as uh, Led Zepp 2 and uh, Ireland did in no way put enough marketing into this and it just absolutely went by the wayside I've got a, a poster next door of the, of the actual the, the press release for it and it said because five leaves left again kind of went under the I mean, if you're in yeah. that circle of folk Joe Boyd Fairport. Yeah, the witch season you, you, thing. I mean, that's like a golden touch when it comes to production and quality. You know, they see Joe Boyd's name on there and you see John Wood's string arrangements on a record or anything like that. You know it's going to be good. You look at the list of musicians on this record, you've got Richard Thompson, John Cale. It just, it's a who's who. It's one of those classic who's who of great bands. And they're not just the, you know, the, you know, the, there's the session guys who, who are on every record. These aren't just session guys. These are guys from proper name bands who you would know. I mean, Richard Thompson plays guitar all over it. It's just, how did this not be the mega smash uh, in his lifetime? It's probably like one of the classic discoveries that we've all tried to find since. When, when Nick Drake became famous and people started talking about, I found Nick Drake. That feeling of finding someone who... Oh, getting emotional. Massively gets under your skin and is just an incredible songwriter, an amazing guitar player. You've since, on oh, me personally, I've since strived to find artists who still do that much. And, it, and you know... There, 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 there are very few and far between because it is like catching lightning in a bottle. It's all that kind of, you know, all the cliches because... They don't. They don't just grow on trees. These guys. They appear and then they disappear within the space of three years. You've got, you know, your Kurt Cobain's and the, you know these artists who just spring up and then are chopped down or chop themselves down um, almost as soon as they rise up. And they weren't really made for this world, but they what they did leave was um, worth keeping forever. So, in a way, yeah, their sacrifice is, uh, you know, their self-sacrifice is awful it would be nicer if they lived and made shit music because it would have been a nice thing for them to have had a good life but that's the thing the story's perfect isn't it you've got three albums of perfection that's it and and since then there have been all every single studio outtake or recording or like like last week we played Molly Drake and you can hear certainly in her phrasing that it was a musical household and where he gets a lot of that, that really and it's not it's clever music as well it's not just I'm going to bash out a song it's really well thought out descriptive intricate playing and lyric anyway 
you know it. Let's you can play. hear it, won't you? You don't need us to tell you how good this is. Listen to this. What are we playing, Steen? Oh, it's Hazy Jane 2. What are we playing, Steen? Hazy Jane 1. Slow, Jane, clear your eye. 
track like that, we should be in the tenements in Brooklyn overlooking the, uh, the street. That's amazing. Those that? are James Baldwin novels. Yeah. It's Johnny Hodges. It's Johnny Hodges. It's old Johnny Hodges. Sweet like Burmy. Sweet like the old Johnny Hodges. Johnny Hodges. The, old, the old comic circuit. No, it's um, yeah, Johnny Hodges, ex of Duke Ellington's band. Uh, it's oh, just brilliant. We've uh, got John Coltrane on tenor sax on that as well. So it's all star. All Johns. And, all the Johns. Um, Round them up. Round them up. A lot of you may know that uh, I've been away. Uh, for, a, for a reason that I had a young son delivered unto me right uh, on uh, February the 17th and uh, Alfred he's doing very very well and that record is his personal favourite he loves to listen to that <laughs> I could feel a new segment coming on it's Alf's Alf's hits Alf's picks we'll be picking Alfred's best tunes Alf's shits <laughs> oh yeah well I've been picking those out as well <laughs> they're a bit more elusive we couldn't really they would just slide off the turntable but we started off <laughs> the old corner <laughs> we didn't want to uh, there you go Nick Drake to start that segment with and um, before I get any more emotional I think we better move on um, they followed that up with a uh, new discovery from um, early 70s Swedish Turid it's a quite new discovery yeah well <laughs> you see though that's coming banned from Sweden <laughs> all, all dead now I don't think you think she's alive um, but yeah that's a, that's a beautiful thing uh, Turid and as I was playing that really nice song Steenie passed me this record and I said is it going to follow this and he's like yeah it's got a flute in it yeah it has got a flute in it so that was from uh, 1978 who was that Steenie that was Spiny Norman uh, with Ballpark Loon it's off the Brown Acid second trip compilation so we played some off of the Brown Acid first trip a while back we played the Josephus track I think you might remember uh, Hard Luck was it and um, this time round I thought we'd go with this spiny Norman named after the uh, giant hedgehog from Monty Python and um it's I, I absolutely love that that is right takes on my street that takes all the boxes for me you've got a hard <laughs> rocking band and a bit of flute a dual flute a, fu- a flute duel at the end wasn't it two flutes a fighting fuel. out a fuel and after that um, Lush uh, with Deluxe thanks Monkey uh, one of yours from 1989 1989 oh man um, listen um, next up uh, when I uh, when you're young I don't know about you but when you, you're looking for your parents record collection if they let you near the turntable then um, you, you just start putting records on and this one used to absolutely scare the crap out of me um, but looking back now it's an absolute masterpiece so this is uh, 10 years after and this is going to try
a mustache Or the cream, or depending on who you talk to. If you're from the sixties, in the sixties they always put, they always said the cream. <laughs> that was the cream. That was uh, with S W L A B R, which apparently stands for "She Walks Like a Bearded Rainbow." <laughs> just, just pause on that for a minute. Brilliant. And you before we that psychedelic, that, that by the way, that's the half speed um, Abbey Road Master of that pressing, and uh, it's the only record I've ever bought that came with a certificate. <laughs> So you own, you now own a copy of this album. Oh, thank you. Steenie's dribbling as he's a half-load, every half-load bastard. Half and before that, um, 10 years after, I'm going to try. Yeah, man, hearing that as a kid scared the crap out of me. Still does, That's right? Surprise. It's bloody weird. It's brilliant. <laughs> I saw Alvin Lee at the Anvil in Basingstoke. And what was he doing? He was playing the guitar and he was uh. absolutely amazing. Let's do it. He, he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't hammering an anvil. He wasn't in his blacksmith leather apron. <laughs> James's nineties memory. <laughs> so tell me about your nineties memory. James, please enlighten us all. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, my little segment. I'm going to try Thinking and keep it quite brief. All the way. Back to those dark days. 25 years ago, isn't it? It's 25 long years, years ago. Years ago. Gone up to 92. Last uh, episode we had Ride, Leave Them All Behind. Um, so yeah, shoegazing is, is well in full effect in 92. And um, the next thing that I'm going to play again is, uh, there's a lot of things that started happening around early 90s and that was a lot of crossover collaborations between different genres that wouldn't have necessarily normally 
well, they wouldn't have normally crossed paths. It would have been very, very separate. I think back to, to Screamadelica when you have the mix of, of Indian dance and it fused it so well. And there has been that sort of running train ever since then, really. Uh, and, and I guess before with any electronic that features into indie, but certainly with defined uh, genres of music, that was a big crossover album. And in 92, um, this next band had what I consider the anthem like if if you were listening to this in 92 you knew what it meant you knew what you were doing and uh yeah uh, you knew it might not be very good for you you knew it might not be very good for you but this whole living for the weekend thing now it has a much different connotation i don't think people live for the weekend now i think they kind of just they especially if they're on shift <laughs> Um, but back early 90s there was still that element of freedom that I think is a little bit lost now flowered up weekender uh, just it sums up this period beautifully for me the track is it's kind of like the the rave indie bohemian rhapsody in the the different elements that it goes through of the face of it I mean it's their absolute masterpiece I think it stands up on its own it really is a a significant piece of music clocking in at at 12 minutes 53 seconds as well but you know Steenie's had some corking long tracks so I'm over this I I, I, I do feel like and it's not that I don't like this song as well which I I do like this tune so I'm not I'm not taking this in bad (laughs) I'm not taking this in bad heart this is a this is a cracker there's a video that was done by Wiz that we always used to to watch and I'm bearing in mind at this point I'm just coming up to 16 and yeah it's a uh, rave culture in full effect there's so much going on clubbing indies just uh, so much was happening in 1992 it's such an important year that's why we're having a second track from this year because it's so hard to pick one track from it it's just a lot going on but um opens and finishes with Jimmy and uh, I think we should uh, knock on the door and see what's happening. Well, yeah, all that energy, James, and everyone's just drinking water. Where did it all come from? You're balmy, that's what you are, spitting out all that. Oh, well, don't worry, I'm going to turn it into a country, then mind.
that woman down Now listen Listen just one time I want to tell you where I'm going But I'm gonna dig myself I'm gonna back my rear end above the fence And if you don't come and get it, mama that uh, has always shied away from playing the big bands <laughs> well you say that we played Cream this episode uh, and played a lot of big bands but um, who was that Steen? that was PJ Proby yeah like <laughs> who was that Steen? who was that Steen? his backing band uh, the unofficial 
backing group with PJ probably on that album Led Zeppelin <laughs> that's the whole of Zeppelin though they're all on that track yeah it's um, yeah because Bonham Page and well John Paul Jones produced the whole album and was the arranger and everything and he just got into Zepp so he got his mates in well Page he was still session player as well technically he got Robert Plant to play some harmonica and John Bonham was on the drums the other drummer on that is Clem Cattini so the tr- on that whole album if, if it's not Bonham it's Clem Cattini so it's pretty much like two of the best British drummers there you go the guy taught that- called, Clem Cattini taught Keith Moon to play the drums we have a divide because I'm not a big Who fan and before that we had uh, I can't believe you just said that fl- well I'm not just not flowered up uh, weekend uh, still remember walking into the shop seeing the front cover and buying it and it's a very very personal big tune now um, we're into the you know we're two thirds in how are you feeling you in you in the back are you I'm feeling well in the groove this is good I mean, this is, it's nice to be back in the saddle back in the saddle three beers in three beers in some crisps and some records it's my, my ideal way to spend a Thursday afternoon. We've got a show tonight, we're going to see a gig. So. Oh, of course, yeah, tonight. We're we'll seeing the mighty Wolf People. We played them on the show before. Uh, how would you describe Wolf People to someone there? They're right? basically like if um, Black Sabbath uh, decided to cover a Fairport convention with a bit of Peter Green vocal and lots of other influences, but it's that's that's your in. <laughs> Stick around, you might hear some more. Right, listen, uh, last year I had a bit of a, an epiphany uh, in terms of, I think I, I talked to you about it last year, about going... There three blokes turned up with all his gifts. I sent one of them away. Who wants myrrh? I mean, what is myrrh? It's a, it's a balm, isn't it? A balm? balm. <laughs> got great pickers. <laughs> I uh, found my, my family, I tracked my family heritage back last year and I found the, the village in uh, northern Italy, which is now Croatia, where my, um, my grandma was born. And um, we, we did a bit of Italy last year. We did uh, Trieste. And we also spent some time in Milan. And of course, what do you do when you go into another city? You go record shopping. And uh, I mean, I'm holding off playing this track, but I think it's about that time. I think... It's ready. So this is uh, something that I bought last year that is just, yeah, phenomenal. nebbia sui prati bianchi come un cipresso nei camposanti un campanile che non sembra vero segna il confine fra la terra e il cielo Ma tu che vai, ma tu rimani, vedrai la neve se ne andrà domani, rifioriranno le gioie passate, 
col vento caldo di un'altra estate anche la luce sembra morire nell'ombra incerta di un divenire dove anche l'alba diventa sera e i volti sembrano teschi di cera ma tu che vai ma tu rimani anche la neve morirà domani l'amore ancora ci passerà vicino nella stagione del bianco spino la terra stanca sotto la neve dorme il silenzio di un sonno greve l'inverno raccoglie la sua fatica di mille secoli da un'alba antica ma tu che stai perché cadrà altra neve a consolare i campi cadrà altra neve sui camposanti
Yeah, man, that's um, that's a deep one. Who's that? It's Robert Schroeder from his album Floaty Music. Uh, recommended to me by the guy who runs the secular record stall on the Winchester Sunday market. He turned up and he's like, oh, you bought that um, Bo Hansen album off me. You, you bought quite a lot of sort of uh, German Krautrock kind of stuff. I mean, you, you'd love this Robert Schroeder album. You've got to hear it. And uh, and I had Alf with me in the sling and he was like, oh, he'll like it. It's very trippy. <laughs> uh, really send him he off. He knows your kid well. Uh, send him uh, off uh, to two. sleep. How old's Alf? Uh, he's six and a half weeks. Even at six and a half weeks, the local record dealer knows what Alfred like this. It's in his record collection. Alfred absolutely loves it. He does like it. Alfred likes any music that's instrumental. He likes like trippy stuff. Well, what is that German? Um, yeah, he's a German. Yeah, um, it's, the, the sleeve notes are in both English and German. And strangely enough, the record, according to the sleeve, can be played on both thirty-three and forty-five. That was on forty-five. If you listen to it on the street, it's slightly slower, very doomy. Like, of course it is. <laughs> I can tell you specifically how much slower it is. It's like that. Um, but but that's, yeah, all IC LPs need 45 RPM, which isn't a gimmick. We have absolute confidence in sound quality. This Robert's LP can also be played on 33 with a different effect. Take the same... <laughs> what a marketing crap. Take the same pleasure in floaty music as your... Uh, there's a mistranslation there because it's from German so it's um, uh, but basically that's the last leave notes by Klaus Schultz as well the, the Klaus Schultz did, the, did that those line notes so it's it's not empty recommendation that he's a bit of a Klaus Schultz ripoff merchant actually really but great great music <laughs> we started off that <laughs> I love it when you get deep into a little segment we, uh, we started off that with a, a chap called Fabrizio De Andre uh, and that's a chap called Inverno which is essentially singing about the dead no yeah. bad thing I said to Steeny in that tune English we can't do that we can't expose ourselves that much in a tune I think the passion that Europeans have and certainly Italians have when they bear their soul and put it down and sing each word with feeling that's what that track is just awesome we follow that up with um, Peter Gabriel Intruder the first time we've ever featured Phil Collins on the show how, it, how? he's playing the drums on that oh I let it go oh, yeah it's all well I just thought it'd be an interesting little thing because I'm not the biggest Collins fan but I have to say I am a massive Peter Gabriel fan and I was watching the um, Brian Pern um, Life of Rock Things uh, they they did a Brian Pern obituary program recently on the BBC the comedy thing if you haven't seen it it's very good but it's meant to be based on Peter Gabriel and I suddenly thought oh how much I love Peter Gabriel and went back and was listening to them Intruder is such a sinister track I mean that is creepy well nine inch nails I'm cutting your phone lines I'm in your house the suspense you feel is thrilling it's like a really creepy tune and creepy for everything about it. And well, basically, Ferry, what a brilliant guy! I mean, he can go because he's he, so the first. That's from, that's from I think the third. I get them all in the wrong order because there's four Peter Gabriel albums which are just called Peter Gabriel. I think that's the third one, right? Which has got the melty face sleeve, and the first one, which is him in the car, which I love, has got Moribund the Burgermeister on it first track, and then Salisbury Hill. And Salisbury Hill is like well poppy, but the rest of that album is bloody dismal and it's fantastic. Yeah, it is. I it love is. that record, but. Those four Peter Gabriel untitled albums are all absolutely cracking. So basically... The, the best hypnosis sleeves as well, because I think, in my opinion... Oh, is that a storm, is it? Yeah, they're all hypnosis, and and I, I know this is an outspoken opinion, but I'm not a massive hypnosis fan. I think they're pretty crummy, those sleeves, on the whole. And Steeny. I think they really did a job on those, so they're a really good job on the Peter Gabriel ones. But on the whole, I think hypnosis is pretty dire as art. 
They're just putting that out there. <laughs> the fact, the irony that you don't know that you're outspoken. You, you know, you're quite outspoken. Yeah, well, the thing is, you they, have, you they have, did the you know. sleeves for a lot of my favourite records, and if you look at them, actually, on an artistic level, they are bloody awful. And what are you talking about? What, hypnosis? Yeah. They, some of them are terrible. So like? Absolutely ghastly. Go on. Well, the, the sleeves they did for UFO... Uh, the Scorpions all the ones that no one remembers all everyone, the ones that aren't Pink Floyd everyone remembers the Floyd ones oh they're wonderful well they are yeah they're great they're seminal but then they did they, they just did all the bum stuff for everybody else and it might people say oh yeah it's just a reflection of, of the bands that they're crap bands that they've got crap sleeves that, that's not fair they paid a lot of money for those sleeves to be made and in some cases they are absolutely ghastly they're, and they're repeating bad themes throughout a lot of them are just bad visual puns okay. right. bad visual puns force it by UFO it's just got a lot of tap a couple having bum sex and a lot of taps so it's force it <laughs> force it what, a lo- what the hell is that about the only redeeming feature about that is that it features the two it's um it's the members of Throbbing Gristle on the cover, isn't it? It's, um, anyway, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> <laughs> I said to see you at the start of the show. Short rambling. Short segment. Keep, keep it brief. Don't uh, slag off Storm Thorgerson, is what he said. In between that, I've got to talk about it. Um, we had uh, the Wonder Stuff and uh, Redberry Joy Town. I'll tell you what, um, I will defend the Wonder Stuff to the hilt. Uh, you forget, at one point, they were like the biggest band in England, 93. Three size of I mean, size of a cat. I mean, that's not a great tune, but they were massive. You forget how big the Wonder Stuff are. I would even put Miles Hunt up there in one of the best lyricists in the nineties, and I don't say that lightly. I think his, his lyrics are awesome, but they get they get uh, a lot of flack, and uh, I don't think they deserve it. They're a fucking great band. It was unfortunate oh, for him that he had um, a name that was very easily subverted into rhyming slang. Right now, you now like listen. NME. Now listen. It's the end of the show. Hi. This is it. This is the last song. I think, welcome back, man. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. The sun's shining. And listen, kids, we got a bit deep in the last three tracks. <laughs> Certainly quite. Steely's played Peter Gabriel, Robert Schroeder. It's not exactly the most uplifting tune to end the podcast with, but we're it. about to do it now. Because this song embodies everything. Just don't take life too seriously. Everything's going to be all right. Until next time, you'll be listening to The Electric Blanket. As ever, follow us on Instagram. We put every single record we play up there uh, on there. Follow us just down the street and annoy us that would be good don't do that don't hang outside our windows but until the next time guys cheers good night schlafen sie gut what's the sense in sharing this one and only life ending up just another lost and lonely wife you count